Welcome to the Save vs. Poison podcast, the podcast dedicated to gaming, general geekery, and enduring sobriety in an ever-maddening society, with your host Will and two guys that probably live under his stairs. If you're an addict, know an addict, or are just interested in exploring the outer mysteries of geekery, you're in the right place. Without further ado, let's get to the show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Really, we're just we're just diving right in, all right? No pre-jokes, no shenanigans, just title sequence, podcast, boom. That's it. All right? I don't I don't like the foreplay anymore. We'll be back to the foreplay next week. Don't worry. We'll 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 get back to it, all right? I know some of you love the foreplay. In point of fact, I think some of you like the foreplay, that pre-rambled joke that I throw in at the beginning. I think you like that better than you like any of the rest of the content for the podcast. But you know what? That's okay, because that's the stuff that comes off the top of our heads extemporaneously without trying to put any work into it. So, purest expression of who we are and what we do. Joining me tonight will not be Steve. Steve will not be joining me, and he will not be joining the lovely and talented Tiki, who's also here with me. Uh, Steve tonight uh, actually just started working out. We're really proud of him. The only problem is the reason that he said he's working out uh and the exercise that he's doing is just weighted hip thrusts and he says he's doing that to and i quote in an aggressive tone because that's how he said it to me uh uh put his wife through the mattress huh that's what he said that's what he said so that's why he's doing weighted hip thrusts we wish his wife a very speedy recovery yikes uh but joining me tonight um Recently, after having seen a PSA about prostate cancer, he is taken to compulsively doing self-prostate checks. When confronted about this habit, he pointed a certain finger at his accuser and shouted, I don't care if this is a pet food store, prostate health is important. He's our friend Tiki. Hey, Tiki, welcome back. Hey. Yay. Good to be back. Good to be back. <clears throat> It's just you, a couple of badgers, or a couple of hamsters. Not badgers. There's no badgers at the pet store. A uh, couple of hamsters at the uh, and a, and a, and a very smelly finger. Just just prostate. Yeah, I mean, self-checks. I don't know how you do. I don't know how you do prostate checks. It's just. Uh... No, I wear a glove. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wear a glove and I offer them for free out of well, the van. Aren't, aren't you? Aren't you just super sophisticated? <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I, Fancy I just, I, I kind of spit, spit polish that some bitch. So it's not like uh, I'm, you know, yeah. using like medical grade lubricant or anything. Don't, don't think that, uh, please. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Just a glove, though. That's, that's, that's for my safety more just than yours. Glove. Just that, that way, that it keeps, it keeps your hands from, uh, from getting their shoulders dirty. That's true. That's true. I also like to trim my nails. I like to do that. No, that's, that's, that's just that's an really, extra benefit. That's, that is actually really classy. Yeah. Seriously. If you ever have to go to a proctologist or a, uh, urologist, please, please make sure that they've trimmed their nails. Okay. Really important. Really important. Seriously. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wrote that joke and all I could think was you doing a Wilford Brimley, uh, impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> Just check your prostate, check it off. And <laughs> check your prostate. <laughs> that's all I could, th- that's all I could think during that. Yeah. Just the old walrus you, stash doing that. Use a journal. Check your prostate. Check your prostate. Just do it. It's important. <laughs> you got diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> Why do that that guy acted in a whole bunch of stuff and he was he was actually a pretty decent actor other than hard target which i like nobody should try to do a cajun accent ever except for people that are from louisiana i i, I liked him he was one, he was one of my favorite parts of hard well, target well yeah of course he was one of your favorite parts of hard target it was hysterical that that whole yeah. mo- Yancey Butler, Lance Henriksen, the Belgian helicopter himself, so funny. And we, in waddles, Wilford Brimley, and we're like, "Listen, okay, finally, this movie's about to get seriously. Look at that mustache. This this movie is finally going to kick it. In. Oh my God, what is that fucking accent?" Yeah, he he. It was like it was like it was like Brad Pitt was going to channel him later for. Uh snatch yeah like you just couldn't understand yeah. half the shit wilford brimley was even saying he was just like whoa no what's about you over there like okay cool dude. what oh god yeah, you know, yeah like imagine yeah. the director like like hanging out like did did we write lines for his part or is he just making shit up does anyone know anyone <laughs> yeah does anyone is he is he 
Is he like reciting poetry or something? What is he? Do? I don't. I don't understand a goddamn thing he's saying. The you know, plus I thought it was is funny. everybody else is reacting the way they're supposed to. Yeah, sort of yeah. Works out. <laughs> yeah. Everybody re- reacted with that same level of yeah, like they just, disattached confusion that they did. They, they in, just in hard basically target. plowed through the scene. They were like, "Yeah, okay, well, you know, whatever he said." Yeah. But I'm going to say my line too, and I'm still going to do my acting. So I'm just going to keep on going as though Wilford Brimley is actually going to be dubbed over later. Just going to keep going. <laughs> no big deal. Just dub him. Just dub him over. Gonna, God, are that's we, funny. Are we going to dub him in post? What are we, what are we doing? Uh, uh, like the only people I've ever seen that got dubbed in American films were Arnold Schwarzenegger when he played uh, Hercules, Hercules in Hercules in New York and Gina Carano in Haywire. Apparently she was so bad in that movie that they that they dubbed over her with a voice actress like no haywire is that the steven seagal one uh i don't think so i don't think so i don't think steven there was, seagal somebody, was, there was somebody else that she was dubbed over in a steven seagal movie and you can find the video online and it's really sad because they went out and they found this other this she gets dubbed over she isn't told about it until she's in the theater with her parents watching oh, the movie for the first time. oh that makes and, me sad uh, and her parents are like, you know, all puzzled and looking. At Honey, her that's not your voice. Well, it's, it's a British. They they got like a British. They, somebody was British to make her sound smarter, but it had like a really high pitched voice, so it sounded like it really didn't work very well. But like she's like Latino. a super posh British accent. Well, That'd be yeah, so funny. That's the thing though. She's Latino, so you're, you're like watching this like, what? That's really? so fucking funny. And, dude. The, and the worst part was like, as she said it in this interview with like I think Conan or something like that. She was like. I was apparently such a bad actress that I got dubbed over. Steven Seagal didn't, but I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Like that's because you you can't you can't you can't mimic that Steven Seagal whisper sort of thing that he does. This is a weird kind of like strange mumble. It, yeah, like like a weird whisper mumble with like a little bit of, like a little hint of attitude at like. If my children were to speak to me like that, I, I would probably have to disown them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think so. Yeah. So the snatch thing, it's so funny you bring that up. Brad Pitt was actually originally supposed to, I think, play Turkish, which was played by Jason Statham. Yep. But because his accent was so bad, uh, his, his, Guy his Ritchie English. was like, listen, your accent is so bad and it's so impossible to understand. We're just going to give you the part of the pikey. And I don't know if they wrote the pikey specifically for that so, so there was the pikey leader what they the, and you have the story partially correct his brad pitt's english accent he couldn't it was just terrible the whole staff like all the other actors were laughing at it he just could not affect a, a good a good uh a good uh accent so they shifted and they said well what kind of character would there be that would have this shitty of an accent and still be in the uk or yeah they were yeah. like oh a pikey and they actually had Brad Pitt hang out with, I guess, like some of the drunk Irish crew and some pikies and learn their accents until it got to a point where they couldn't understand him anymore. <laughs> and they're like, and they're, yeah. gold, fucking gold. Yep. Uh, action. <laughs> Scene one, they're take all, They're all like making fun of him. You can't even do it. <laughs> the pikies are all making fun of him for not being able to do an English accent. And then he's like talking pikey and they're like, oh, well, whatever. That's yeah. so funny. That's so funny. I love <laughs> but it. But you're right. You're the the that is the big story on that one. It, it's interesting too because like it, you just have to, you just gotta wonder with like if it's Jason Jason Statham, what was he gonna do? Yeah, yeah. What 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 would Jason Statham's life been without Guy Ritchie? Ooh, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. Tough call. Tough. Well, I he was in, he was in he was in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and then Snatch, and then like for whatever reason, it's like oh, hey, I want to do uh want to do some action movies or something yeah yeah i i mean he just he kind of like slotted into the english bruce willis sort of uh yeah you know kind of hard beaten same same haircut downtrodden you know ball take no shit every man kind of uh kind of action star that that willis uh he's He's, he's, yeah. Populated and, and, and in the Jason, 80s, 90s. Kind of the neat thing about Jason Statham is Jason Statham pretty much always plays Jason Statham. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to know quantity whenever you hire him. I mean, wouldn't it be great if they did a remake of Hudson Hawk and Jason Statham played in that? Wouldn't that be great? 
I don't think it would work. You don't think it would work? Oh, I think it'd be so good. Hudson, Hudson Hawk has to be a New Yorker. His name is derived specifically from the Hudson River. Hudson River, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh. No, I, by the way, I loved Hudson Hawk. I, I still think it's a cool movie. I still think it's funny as hell. Yeah, Steve and, Steve um, would agree with you. I wasn't it, so yeah, sold on like it, one but of the Steve only, would agree One of the only people that does. I think people are like, you've, <laughs> yeah. been, you've been running your brain watching shitty horror movies. I'm like, no, man, Hudson Hawk's... Dude, it's funny. It's good. It's Steve, Steve loves all of your movie takes. All of them. <laughs> and I want to throttle him because of it. He's like one of my closest friends on earth. And every single time he's like, no, I want to watch that movie. We should watch it. This is an awesome movie. Let's do this, Will. I'm like, uh, what do you No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Is this I, what I have to do to keep my friendships alive is I, watch I, I, the dregs of fucking uh, you know, outside of Hollywood, California, uh, they're not all bad. They're all bad. They're all awful. Was, no, because there was uh, they're garbage. They're 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 a turd on a hot okay. dog bun. Hang on, no, I'm waiting. In, yeah, in the sun. In the uh, sun. <laughs> no, because no, wait. I'm trying to think of one that's. Werewolves on Wheels was a cool concept. <laughs> the concept of werewolves <laughs> that ride motorcycles is a great concept. So I actually cool. had an idea for a character that I wanted to play. Um, if I ever played Werewolf the Apocalypse again, yeah, I had an idea of a bone gnar whose only possessions only possessions were um, the stuff that he could fit on his on his motorcycle, and that was it. And he was like just handy enough to be able to wrench on his bike, and he did uh, a bunch of like courier style things around the U.S. And that was like that was part of his milieu. Of course, I was watching like a lot of like Sons of Anarchy at the time, so I was like, okay, this uh, this this feels like a really. But like, if you could take Sons of Anarchy and actually throw some werewolves in there. That would be okay by me, but they didn't do that, did they, Tiki? No, no, they did not, they did not I, do that. It was that. a real, it was a missed opportunity, and 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 to be honest, it's uh, what was I just thinking about here? Oh yeah, there is a TV series in the '80s, I think, or the no early '90s called Werewolf, um, and I think that's the name of it. But it's the story of a guy who is traveling from town to town, chasing after the lead werewolf because he believes that by killing the lead werewolf, he will lift the curse on himself, and it's it's a cool concept and in that case if he was riding a motorcycle and doing that particular thing across america it would actually be kind of a cool you know that would actually be kind of a cool concept but um especially if you had like a, a sons of anarchy like a biker gang that was chasing yeah. him or something. yeah that would be awesome like for like just shoehorning a biker gang for no reason um yeah that's that uh that so that concept does kind of exist in that sense the 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 cane from kung fu you know wandering from town to town looking for a particular like person that you have to defeat or confront um and doing it with like a werewolf or a vampire or whatever. sure i mean that that totally could i mean it's a little contrived but it totally can work my whole thing like my character idea was all just about like he just wants his freedom that's what he wants like he, he, he takes the courier jobs to get enough money for food and like to be able to like camp and like that's it like food shit for his bike did, that's did it you ever, did you ever meet that guy rat it's a friend of uh sandusky and yes uh, so no i never met rat um yeah. but jim fact, talks you, you, about rat yeah. uh pretty regularly but like yeah he was yeah. like with rat rex lisa sandusky yeah 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 because because yeah, I, I, I met him and and when he left town because winter was coming he was like, I got to get south. And I was like, okay. And he packed up that's his, so he, good. He, he literally packed up his motorcycle with yeah. all like, like his bags and all this shit. Right. And he, he rode, he, he didn't have a sports tour. I don't think they even existed back then. Yeah. And he just, I remember him like telling me this funny thing. And he goes, if you own more than you can put on a motorcycle, you own too much. And then he gets on his bike and he rides off and it was like, huh. And then I looked at Moss and I'm like, here's a weird guy. And Moss goes, yeah, he'll call us collect in another two weeks. Let us know he made it safe. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a pretty good story. I mean, there is, there is a part of me that romanticizes the idea that of what he just said, right? There's a part of me that romanticizes that, but also I like playing fucking video games and that's hard to do. (laughs) 
you can, from you motorcycle can, you, back. You'll have to you'll have to find a way. I, apparently, you all can, right. You can you'll build a build an Xbox console that has a, t- a flat screen TV built yep. into it. You yep. can do it nowadays. You couldn't do it then because I just I just TV. bought a PS5. Right. If I'm going to do anything, it's going to be with that technology. But anyway, the Whatever. the point is, wife. I'm if you're listening to this later, that's why tomorrow morning, me and the motorcycle will be gone. All right. Just want you to know. Okay. I love you, but 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 I, I got to be me. All right. Born to be wild. There you go. There you go. There it is. So, I mean, that's that's a that's a good how do. That's that's a good how's everybody yeah. doing this. So afternoon? so they so so that's you know, and that's yet another thing to incorporate into the, the new edition of Werewolves on Wheels, like when they remake it. I don't know, maybe I should write a script. When they it. remake it. I'm telling they you, we've had it. five or six solid fucking ideas for movies. We've got the equipment, let's make one. It, it, just- the Good. The best part about Werewolves on Wheels is it's all Lon Chaney style Wolfman. It's not werewolves, it's Wolfman. So yeah. You're just like wearing like a denim, like a like a Canadian tuxedo, right? Denim vest with like patches on it and shit and blue jeans and boots and you're just riding along with that, that werewolf mask on. It's... It, I mean, it, it would, it would, that would be, that would be the, like at night, you're just like, like it, would, it would, it would work. That would work. You And you just have to find a way to kind of fit the philosophies of like rat you know, in with it where, you know, everybody has to drive like a sports tour or something so they can actually pack shit in there in a reasonable fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of luggage. Lots of luggage. No, no. Werewolves on gold wings. Yeah. (laughs) Werewolves on Hondas. (laughs) That's funny. That's fucking funny. Not even riding domestic made motorcycles. They're riding. No one has that kind of money. bikes. Like yeah, well, if you want to buy like an '89 Honda Goldwing, it's gonna run. I mean, that's the plus side. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's a part of me, like if we had the space, I actually may have already like purchased one if we'd had the space, because there is a part of me that would love to like cruise around on a couch. That'd be okay. Yeah, that's that's what. It, yeah, you look at a motorcycle. You're like, hey, there's air conditioning. What the hell? What the fuck? <laughs> they're like, 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 and like, they're they're set up for like any kind of weather. They're maneuverable. They're reliable, and, and and they're cheap. It's it's if you were to change that up, and you were to like try and buy like an American made motorcycle, you you wouldn't you well one you wouldn't be a werewolf on wheels. You'd be a werewolf with a full-time job. Yeah. Trying to pay off the debt of having yeah. bought an Indian, you know, cruiser. <laughs> Which, and don't get me wrong, those are beautiful, beautiful bikes. Expensive. Beautiful, expensive friggin' bikes. I mean, they're not they're not quite Harley, but they're still very that's, expensive. That's the way you defeat the werewolves, is just giving them crippling debt. Yeah, <laughs> just give the werewolves crippling debt. I can't howl at the moon. Why not? These interest rates are killing me. <laughs> Scream at my ceiling fan all the time. I just, I'm just so worn out. I'll be glad you're not like Terry. You yeah. got student loans. Oh, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> that's funny. Doesn't he know that curse is worse than vampirism? You could never get rid of those. <laughs> So yeah, anyway, uh-huh. that's, so so so. Speaking of of curses, speaking of curses, my name's Will and I'm an alcoholic. My name's Tiki and I'm an alcoholic. That was well done, nicely done, sir. Mm. You you did the you did the segue. Holy crap! Yeah, good job. A little clap. All right, everybody out there in YouTube and podcast landia, please uh, give give a clap for Tiki because that uh, that. Uh, that was smooth, baby. That was smooth. That was smoother than Billy D. All right. That was that was Lando smooth. Mm, all right. I know. I know you. Yeah. Oh, I mean it, buddy. I mean it. Um. Yeah. So. Um. Let's see. Fuck me. Ah. Oh, still sober. Yeah, I forgot to say that at the top of the hour, didn't I? Uh, I'm Will. I'm your host. Uh, and I'm still sober. There we go. Did it. Good job, Will. I'm Tiki. I'm also the host. And, uh, I'm still sober. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, huh, did I have did I have any issues? Like, I don't. I had. What issues did I have this weekend? So Sunday morning was about the worst that I had any kind of strong emotional reaction, and it was just because I was feeling pr- kind of overwhelmed by all the shit that I had to get done over the net over the last like two and a half days um just it was just it was just a lot it was a lot and it was stuff that I didn't want to do and um it just it threw me into 
kind of a negative headspace that I had a hard time getting out of on Sunday. And it all culminated in uh, Sunday night going on the live stream. And we played Hunt Sunday night, which was great. But um, before that, <clears throat> I thought that it was really important that I get into a, be into a better headspace. So the pre-gaming portion of the show where I talk about something uh, sobriety or alcoholism or mental health related was me basically just talking about the things in my life that I was grateful for. So Sunday sucked for certain portions of it. My headspace was not great. I was not um, a particularly great... Uh, partner to my wife, uh, although we talked about it while my frustrations were going on, and I did what I could to try to make her understand where what where my head was, why it was there, and that it wasn't her fault, uh, and that I wasn't angry at her. It was more circumstantial. It just so happens that in those situations, it always feels like uh you're you know frustrated or angry at the person that is trying to share space with you so i ended up spending about you know 15 20 minutes on sunday night getting myself into a better headspace talking about the things that i was thankful for and uh um yeah one of the things i'm thankful for is is just just having somebody like my wife in my life who um tolerates my absolute insane bullshit sometimes i mean out of the two of us i am 100% the uh the high maintenance individual it is not her she is she is smooth fucking sailing everybody so um i didn't have any cravings though uh but as far as like mental health kind of stuff goes yeah sunday was not a great day for me um i'm still working on trying to figure out how to regulate my mood when i get into a place in the morning where something or a series of small things sets me off that at one point in time in my life, I didn't think that I had an issue with. But as I look back on it, like if I had uh, if I had a shit morning, it turned into a shit day and, and it didn't get better until the next day, usually. So um, that's that's some that's some emotional work that I need to get get cracking on and figuring out. So. Uh, so yeah, that's my check-in this week. No, no issues with, uh, with any cravings though. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. Tiki, what's up, uh, what's up in your head, buddy? Oh, I'm going to say you crushed it on Sunday, so. Sunday was fun. <clears throat> on, on Hunt. That was, that on was hunt. pretty, that was a blast. I was just there to kind of like support and we, we had a, we were, we had a lot of success. It was a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> uh, not much for me. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit different, I suppose. I, I, like I don't have any real triggers or anything like that. I, I, if it's okay. So here's, here's one of the, the joys and one of the terrible things about being bipolar. I can wake up and just have like a shit attitude and be so frustrated with everything in this world and just really upset about it all. And then I get my breakfast and I, and I go and I sit at my desk and I turn the, turn on my laptop and I'm you know, talking and somebody at work goes, Hey man, uh, you need to talk to you for a second. And I go, okay. And then I talk to somebody and then I actually feel a little better. Yeah. And like, and like, but I can like, I, I don't, I don't always stay in those because I, I'm rapid cycling. I don't stay in those like negative spaces very often, but I also don't tend to stay in the happy high places for the longest time either. Sure. So, um, yeah, I guess, I guess it's just a bit different for me. So like, it's, it's not like a stressor. Um, uh, to be like that it's just it's they i guess maybe it is actually because it's 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 things thoughts and feelings will hit like really hard they just drive by though they they you, you get stuck with that for a few minutes and then or a few seconds and it moves on mm -hmm. um it passes through you um but it's not uh yeah it's not it's not the thing that it's, it's not going to keep me um it's not going to keep me down and it's not going to, it's not going to prevent me from being sober. I have at my disposal these days, my biggest uh, tool that I have is similar to what we were saying last time, which is uh, you will never regret not drinking. Yeah. And yeah. I have that, uh, the, the tool that I use, the mental trick that I ask myself every time is uh, not every time, but if things get, you know, if I start getting, if I start thinking about alcohol or I start thinking about a stressful situation, 
And somehow that pops up in my brain is like, hey, why don't we go get a beer? There's a part of me that goes, well, how the hell is that going to I mean, will that even help? Yeah. Yeah. How's, how's that going to like, end? Yeah. Yeah. Then I, then I have to play out that scenario for like, you know, five seconds or so in my brain mm -hmm. before I realize that, no, that just means that I'm not going to get shit done. I'm going to be in a terrible mood. I'm yeah. probably going to, you know, shit blood or something like that. It's, no, I'm not going to do that. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it, that's like a little thing that I have. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like little microcosms of, of emotions for me though. Like I can feel really intense at times and even for, for what feels like a very long time, but it turns out for other people, that's not a very long time at all. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm still like, I don't know. I guess I'm always going to be learning in that regard. Yeah. 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 So no, it... no, I don't, I didn't have any problems with, sobri with, with drinking or sobriety this, that's good. this last week. I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was doing all right. That's good. That's good, man. Um, it's funny. Like you're saying, you know, <clears throat> you'll talk to somebody and then suddenly you feel like better. I don't know what it is about certain people or certain interactions that can totally pull you out of a shit moment. And they don't even have to be anything to do with why you were in a shit moment to begin with. Just, just a basic friendly or cordial or kind interaction with somebody can do just just so much friggin' work uh um, no, it's I me mean, it's the it's my extroverted <clears throat> ass like like trying to draw energy and motivation from within me is is really difficult mm -hmm. um i get seriously energized by actually talking to people so yeah. like i have like an endorphin rush just from having that interaction and my my mood begins to, to to go up it's actually one of the biggest problems i have with like therapy is like like is there anything you want to talk about and i'm like no i'm not feeling really good right now it's because i'm talking to somebody yeah I'm feeling good because i'm talking to somebody it's in like like i'm having a hard time pulling those those negative emotions or those negative experiences forward because i'm having such a like such a rush or yeah. such, so much energy from this encounter so it's it's uh, i don't know i'm weird no I that i mean i i i can understand that I, I, I can understand that. Yeah. Huh. Fascinating. All right. Good share, man. Thanks so much. Cheers. Um, so I recently had occasion on one of the Discord servers that I populate, that, I, that I'm a part of, that I'm a community member for, um, to run across a person that I would say is most definitely a an alcoholic uh this person um was talking about the way that they engage with their with with alcohol in one of the most self-destructive framings that i've ever seen somebody be public about it like i've seen drinker i've seen addicts in denial i've seen addicts um that have given up hope but I've never seen, I never saw an addict that knew that they were an addict, knew that they were doing damage to themselves, were willingly engaging with their substance of choice and had no interest in changing any of those facts or trying to mitigate them with any kind of self, self or public deception. Very interesting. This this person was very very honest about the way that they were treating themselves inside of their addiction, and it got me like I engaged this person for a little while, and I actually like you came to mind, Tiki, when I when I met this person, um, and I asked them, you know, I asked them the question, "Is this working for you?" And the answer that they gave was just like, you know, I I recognize this is bad for me, but yeah, this is working for me. Like, what am I gonna do? Like, feel my feelings? Like. At this point, I continue to engage in kind of a, um, in a cursory, kind of a casual way, but I wasn't going to put anything more into that. So it kind of got me thinking, who do we try to help? Who as like, I think that service is a big part of being in recovery. I think that we reinforce our state of recovery when we help other people around us. Now, that doesn't have to be a million people. That can literally just be like if if Tiki and I were just here doing this, helping each other back and forth across our addictions, that could be enough. That could be enough. Um, I like to 
to do a little bit more than that. That's why we have the, the community focus that we do. That's why we do the Twitch. That's why the YouTube thing. That's why, you know, uh, um, when people come up to me after mm -hmm. they've heard that I'm an addict, I'm more than happy to, to chat with them or go get lunch or anything like that. Um, but the question that I came up with was, who do we help? Who, who do we put ourselves into a position uh, to help? And uh, I don't know if you've got an answer for that question, Tiki, but I have an answer for that question. Would you like to go first or uh, do you want me to expound first? I, I, I believe it's got to be people that are willing to help themselves. Oh, my God. Got it in one. Yeah. I mean, that's this was, the, this was not only. difficult, right? No, it's, it's, it, well, I mean, it's like I said, I, and I've said this in the past so much, it's, it's, you can't control another person's addictions. Right. So if they're not willing, if they're not able or capable, or this isn't simply something, you know, they're willing to, to, to even engage in, you can't, you can't make them, you can't make them stop whatever they're doing. It's just, it's just not going to, it's just not going to work. Yeah. I, I think that there's this thought that, so that loved ones of addicts have where they'll say, uh, you know, maybe if I give an ultimatum, maybe if I give an ultimatum, um, giving an ultimatum doesn't get somebody sober. That's not going to, you can't, you can't, you can't ultimatum somebody into being sober. They have to make a choice that might be informed by that ultimatum might be informed by you setting a boundary that says it's it's me or the bottle and then if they choose the bottle you actually leave that might be a choice that they'll make down the road but that had, the ultimatum has to be not about trying to get them sober that has to be about you trying to make a better situation for yourself setting a boundary for yourself um I have one person at the gym that uh, I like quite a bit, uh, very good person, but they had a an addict for a partner, and they continually tried to uh, set basically soft lines in the sand, and every single soft line in the sand that they set, that they then didn't reinforce as a boundary and eventually leave their partner, that was just them basically saying I don't have the wherewithal or the strength of will to make a situation better for myself and not recognizing that there is literally nothing that you can do to make an addict sober the the addict makes themselves sober there can be external forces that can act as part of a motivator for that but uh, from everything that I've seen and from my own experience, um, that's, that it's, you, you can't, can't lead an addict to sobriety. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like if you're not willing to help yourself, there's too much emotional energy and damage that can too much energy that that is drained and too much emotional damage that is potentially done to people that buy into trying to help an addict that won't help themselves and i i think that that's that's probably a waste and and it feels odd saying this because you can see these people you you see these people out in the world and you say to yourself that's a person that needs some help but the very first thing that has to happen before that help can be given is that person has to make an honest no shit effort at reaching out for that help uh i think like i th i mean this is this is all anecdotal and i don't have any 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 research to back this up it's just you know what i've seen and uh how i kind of feel about it what do you like am i off base when i say that tiki what do you think no not really i mean i think i think that's an interesting point you make with Saying that when you draw that line in the sand, that's got to be, you know, for you, not for them. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. It's, 
Like I said, I just to me, I just uh, the people that you help have to be willing to help themselves. That's all I can think of. That. I don't think you're off base on it. Anecdotally speaking, that's you know, it's been my my experience too. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think there'd be people that would argue like, what are you going to do? Leave your loved ones behind? Um, you, you don't want to say that. You don't want to get into that piece. But I mean, you've. Yeah. Okay. You know when you're in a plane. Yeah. And they always tell you that when the when the oxygen mask drops, if you're sitting next to a child, put your oxygen mask on first and then put theirs on. The idea being that if you pass out from lack of oxygen, you won't be able to put an oxygen mask on anyone. Right. It you have to kind of take care of yourself in these instances before you can go and take care of somebody else. And you have to be willing to draw that line in the sand. You you can't be the first one to blink. Um, you know. And you've got to understand that that sometimes with ultimatums they 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 backfire. Yeah, know? yeah, they can. And they they really really can. Sometimes you real you 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 have to you know come to the realization that that the that, that somebody is not uh, capable or willing. Um, and then we just, you know, then circle back to point number one. When somebody's willing to, to, to handle, the, to, to, to change, to take care of themselves, then, yeah. And it really only has to be, you know, somebody saying, hey, I think I need help. And that can trigger an entire cascade of people wanting to help. But it's got to start with that. It's got to start with, with the addict going, I can't do this. I can't live the way that I'm living. I need some help. It's got to start with that first. And it might not stick. It might not stick the first or the 15th time. But there has to be some effort put in from from the point of view of the addict. I feel like before uh, an external source can have any measurable effect on that person's life. Um, yeah. 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 I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna counter counter on you know. I guess that's very true. And, 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 it, and, it, and you're right. It can start with something just really small. Yeah. Um, but to what you were saying earlier, there are people who have rationalized things to a point where, you know, they believe that they either have control or that. I think when you get to that 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 point, you're like, hey man, this isn't really healthy, and they're like, no, this works for me, and it's like, uh, yeah, I mean. It's just you're standing in a garage, the doors are all closed, and the car is running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I just, and they're like, no, I can just keep, I can keep getting lower to the floor, and then the, then the poisonous gas won't kill me. I'll just keep on doing that. It's fine. And you're like, yeah, it'll be okay. I just, you know, can we maybe turn the car off? No, it's, 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 if I turn it off, I'll have to, it'll, it'll take forever to heat up again. Open a door, open a window. There's, so, but it's it's that it's that rationale that oh yeah. no I have this under control I and they might even do something like I go and I open this window you know once an hour and I breathe fresh air and then I'm good to go again for another you know day or something like that it's it's the I put my head above water for just long enough that yeah. I can keep on I can keep this I can maintain this and I and I went through that too I went through those those uh, those uh, trials as well uh, this this thought process that I was going to you know i don't want to say like uh, not have control but that i was but, but but that i was going to accept yeah and, and 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 accept it and then it was okay to accept it but that's that rationalization piece so. yeah it's a, it's a hard one it's especially since if it's a loved one you don't want to feel like you gave up on somebody you never want to feel like you've left somebody behind and yet, if you allow an addict to manipulate you, you'll be dragged into the same hell that they're living in. And that's not yeah. fair to yourself at all. You know, there's a certain amount of agency, of moral agency that addicts have. Now, oftentimes it is compromised by their addiction. Yes, absolutely. But there is still a certain amount of moral agency. That's why I, when, and I thought of that when you said the, um, the addict 
or not the attic, the, the parent uh, putting the, the oxygen mask on. The mm-hmm. only place that I think that that analogy falls down is that we're talking about a person who should be able to put their own mask on, but for whatever reason, they won't. So should, right. the, should the person sitting next to them that is functional and able to put their own mask on, do they risk putting their mask on for this adult who just kind of doesn't want to? So, so in that, in that analogy, you're, I mean, you're right. It doesn't really work as well, but it still comes down to taking care of yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And doing what's right for you. No, that part, that part I think completely and still then, works. And then yeah. to the person next to you, if they can't do it, but they want to. Yes. Which I guess in that sense, it'd be like, Hey, do you want oxygen? No. Okay. 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 Like, um, that's the thing. Like, and, and you're right. But they should be able to, to to take care of themselves. Not everybody can. And yeah, yeah. The main thing. The main. The main point of the of the of, of the analogy was that you you've got to, in terms of taking care of others, especially when it comes to addicts, you have to take care of your own self. You have to make sure that that is solid. You have good foundation before you go and attempt to like you know, rescue somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, it's Ashton Kutcher and uh, Kevin Costner in that, that movie about swimming. <laughs> I didn't see that one. It's a, it's literally a movie about swimming. I Yeah. I didn't. Not I, like swim team stuff, like rescue swimming though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, oh. I'm, I'm not, I'm Was that the not, Coast Guard one? I'm, I, yeah, but I am not getting into it with you. I was actually just making a joke. Okay, all right, a bad all right. joke, a bad analogy. Okay, um, okay. I just, I just love the idea of Kevin Costner and Ashton Kutcher uh, holding each other in the water. That's, that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful moment in my head. I, yeah, sure. Thinking about, um, thinking about it right now. Yeah, that's. I, I bet Demi uh, was, uh, no. was very, very jealous of Kevin. <laughs> Probably. So um, where, where was I? Oh yeah. So you. So so that's that's the that's the when you go to help other people. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whatever we can do, and then we talk about like ultimatums and how does that work, and don't blink first, and, and all of that. Um, important pieces too. I think whenever I whenever I so as as we've kind of as you've been talking as as you've been talking about it, I keep going back to the. I guess it's the what is the disingenuous, like. Like, like people who are like who who are just saying I need help, or who are who are agreeing to get help because somebody is telling them not because they want to, not because they feel they need to. No, they've been they've been confronted, and they are looking for a way to get out of that yeah. conf- confrontational moment by ceding territory and whatever the fight is, because they know that the path ahead of them, if they try to, if they just say, no, I'm not going, no, I'm not going to rehab. You can't make me go to rehab. If they just, if they do that will be harder than if they just accede by their time and eventually get back to what, uh, what they were doing before. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I feel, I feel you do, but your, but your, your description of it's, it's correct. It's the, trying to get out of the uncomfortable situation by making concessions yeah and and but 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 in no way shape or form being genuine in this idea i, I, I think it's like, like i don't know and I, i'm not even sure I don't, I don't know what the statistics are on interventions if they work or not i mean that's worth looking up yeah so it's so it's that's a that'd be a tough one to say it's are our interventions even are they are they worth it and are they for the Oftentimes, whenever I see the intervention, like you're saying, well, it's you know televised or whatever, or, mm-hmm. or what, it always seems that it's the people in the room who are really hurt being allowed to say how they were hurt and why. Yeah. But like, it's not. So it's it's not like for the you know you're an addict and you hurt me and this is what you did and and it, and my feelings were really hurt and you know like okay you know maybe. Yeah, anyway, I don't have a good one. I don't know where to go with that one exactly. I'm no, really curious I, about that that, that I, statistic, or if there even is one. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about it too. I'd be interested to hear somebody like an expert on that, uh, what their thoughts would be. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, well, anyways, we don't know any. We don't have any experts. We're screwed. Well, I mean, I kind like I kind of have like potential access to one, but I think I'd probably have to pay to get her on. Uh, because I don't think she'd do it for free, which would be okay. I just can't afford it right now. 
uh, it would be another business expense for a business that doesn't, you know, <laughs> don't turn it don't this don't turn no profit oh, big. God right? damn it! It's like a Donald <laughs> Trump business over here. We're yeah, just basically kinda, running yeah. it, racking up debt, and not actually getting mm-hmm. anything. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. So anyway, that's a good conversation. It's, it's certainly food for thought. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly yeah. quite a bit to think about later on. Don't hurt yourself trying to save people that won't try to save themselves first, I think is what I got to boil that down to. I just yeah. rambled for 30 minutes. So you could <clears throat> boil it down to a seven second soundbite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, World War Two was bad. There, that that was the whole pre-ramble. That was that Vietnam was bad. <laughs> Pho, really good, really yep. good soup. It's a really good yep, soup, you guys. Yep, 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 I like that. That was, that was the pre-ramble. That was, the, that was so the I didn't have a pre-ramble joke. It was just, it was just Ticky giving me Maybe a history lesson, which was really good. But it's thirty minutes long, and I can't include that as like. Listen, maybe Ticky should do a podcast on on just history. Maybe that's what we should do. Uh, I was going to do a podcast on on just bad movies. It's probably what I'd actually do. Uh, whenever you're ready, man, I'll, I'll help you set it up. History's fun and all, but bad movies are fucking hilarious. God damn it, man! Stop it! You're going to turn. See, here's the thing. Like, you and Steve will go do that and leave me behind to be like, I'm sorry, we can't uh, help you with your sobriety, your little, your little sobriety thing. We have to uh, uh, review Gremlins versus Zombies 15. God, I wish they would have made that. No, <laughs> we'd have to review. I've, I found out there are, like, so many more, like, I thought that Roddy Piper only made, like, a handful of movies, but there's actually apparently several more. Oh, God. One of them stars Roddy Piper and Billy Blanks. Oh, God. Yep. No, exactly. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear okay. about it. I don't want to hear about it. No. La, la, know, la, la, the, the amount of, la, the amount la, of la, awesome la. in that movie is just... I don't want to hear about Go it. Go ahead. Right. We got to move it in the next section. Yeah, next section. All right, we're going gaming. All right, we're not doing movies. We did movies last time. We're, we're going gaming. Okay. We played Hunt a lot this week. Surprise, surprise, we're going to talk a little bit about Hunt. Okay. Sorry about this, America and the rest of the world. We're going to talk about Hunt. Um... I was watching a Twitch and YouTube human named Huge. That's H-U-U-G-E. You can find him on Twitch. He streams Hunt Showdown. He is a six-star solo player who regularly clears the field. That's like saying he's Wayne Gretzky. Uh, that that He's Michael Jordan. He's whatever, whatever the greatest of a particular thing are this guy is kind of one of those people for the game of hunt showdown i was just perusing around uh on twitch after uh, i got off uh, my own stream for a couple of minutes as i was winding down and getting ready to um download the vods and get things started on the editing process process and it was interesting because he was mid-match and he had a lot of really, really negative things to say about his current gameplay experience, which I thought was very interesting. This is a, a decent-sized streamer who made his name playing this game. So the property, the hunt property is heavily tied to what he does uh, on, his, on his, uh, his Twitch platform. I believe that he's partnered with the developer of the game, Crytek. So I think that they have him as a sponsored player so there's obviously a financial incentive for him to keep continue playing uh the subject that he was talking about was very very interesting and uh his of, of his complaints one he was complaining about the bugs now if you're a game developer that's had a game out past early access and you're not actively working on bugs um, I feel, especially if it's something that's being run as a on as an ongoing for-profit venture where you're still offering things like cosmetics inside of a game that you're trying to keep updated on a regular basis, if you're worrying more about uh, monetization than you are about bug fixture, you're doing your game dirty. Now, I don't know that that's what's happening with Hunt Showdown. I just know that there are a significant amount of bugs. So he gets into a fight uh, in the game and he's uh, going around doing his thing. He gets hit. He gets popped with a latency bug 
and his client, his um, his his the the game version that's on his PC, thinks that he's inside of a building, so he's quote unquote safe. The game server, however, thinks that he's outside the building, so he gets popped outside the building, gets immediately killed, gets irritated, gets angry, and starts going on a rant about the current state of play. And the current state of play at the highest levels is kind of this turtled up uh, siege style of gameplay where the first team that gets to one of the objectives basically traps the entire building, makes it really, really difficult for anybody to get in, and slow da- slows down the game, the, the pace of gameplay. What's interesting about this is uh, it also combines with a couple of other features that they put into the game, like uh, the resurrection features with uh, abilities like Ghoul, which allow you to resurrect at a distance, and Ghoul, which allow you, if you're a solo player, to pop yourself back up after you've been shot. These are all things that um, lower the skill ceiling of the game to make it more accessible to what I feel are more casual players. Now, Tiki and I happen to be those kinds of casual players in terms of our skill level. We're three-star Andes. Sometimes one of us might pop into four-star. Have you ever popped into four-star, Tiki? A couple of times. A couple of times. Never popped into four-star. So three and four, we're, we're right in that area, which is basically kind of average in the game. So we're not, we're not, we're not great at it. We don't suck absolute ass, but we're obviously part of a larger demographic of players that approaches the game in a more casual way than these really, really elite level players do. I don't mind the occasional turtling up, uh, version of gameplay it's not quite as much fun when you're trying to get into one of these compounds but when you're the one doing the turtling it can be fun if you have aggressive teams outside uh, of the compound trying to get in so the question that i had about all of this was should game makers of these types of kind of high skill ceiling games should they be focusing on creating the super high ceiling game or do they lower that skill ceiling to allow for the more casual player to come in and have a bit more of an enjoyable experience that isn't quite as brutal tiki you had some thoughts about this yeah i the 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 the, the turtling style of gameplay is that's just a siege that's it is what it is um I don't mind because I'm half the time I'm being sieged and the other half the time you're trying to like figure out like how to get in and how to take somebody out. Well, you love your Fine. traps, man. I mean, I love, I love my traps. You love I your like traps. Take, I like taking down other people's traps. Um, I think there's, I think that even though it might slow down the gameplay, it, it can be fun. Um, just the same. Mm-hmm. I think where Crytek has gone wrong. And I've mentioned this to, 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 to our good friend Russ as well. Um, the resurrection feature for solo players it's it's not that they can come back like you you kill them they can come back it's that if you set up your health correctly like like if you set up your health way that i do you can res like four times sure and that just i mean that just means that you can you know you're you are continuously shooting and, and on the attack and players are constantly having to respond to that and in a in a system where um, multiplayer teams are, you're going in and you're a solo, and you're getting back up and coming after these teams, and, you, and this is like just it's it is it's a, it's a bit like this like Jason Voorhees, kind of <laughs> like Michael Myers like relentless pursuit. Um, it I think that I think the fact that if you if you're gonna deal with somebody who's a solo, and you kill them and then you light them on fire to get them to like basically because you have to get them to stop somehow. You then have to wait until that fire burns all the way out and you know that that player is totally dead yeah. before you and your team can move on. Which takes minutes. Minutes and minutes Oh, and I minutes. know. It takes, it's, that it's, takes not, for... it's not a slow thing. No, it takes forever. <clears throat> yeah. And it's really annoying. And if they, if, if you're like me and you get lit on fire, I always jump up and 
People shoot me again, but then I fall down outside the fire. Fire goes out. I'm not on fire anymore. Now what are you going to do? Now you have to light me on fire again. And I have to sit there and watch this stupid fire burn its way down. And uh, and, I, and I think that that's, that's a massive uh, problem. I would... I, I think what it comes down to with that is... You, you as Crytek, and I've seen this with other games, MMOs and, and other shooters, uh, you have created a, I don't want to call it an alpha class, but you have created a class that has such a leg up. I mean, it's, it's, it's immense. Like solo players get like all sorts of massive benefits now mm-hmm. that you are going to, you're going to wind up kind of imbalancing the game to the point that it's very painful for all the other players that are trying to enjoy it. Uh, you're also, you're, 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 you're ruining the speed of the game because you're now having to like wait and burn hunters all the way down. And like, you know, you, you have to like stop every time you kill somebody, you have to like have a barbecue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get you, extra marshmallows. Yeah. Baby. Yes. You gotta, you, it's true. You do. And your team can't, you you can't leave. You have to like mm-hmm. wait. And it's no, very, you have to sit there over that body for like three minutes and if they've to got, make sure know, that you're not going to get shot in the back. And if the solo has soft skin then they burn even slower. Yep. Um, so I think that I think that 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 idea that you've you've basically given one style of play or one class of player a massive leg up on other players, um, or adjusted the game style, the gameplay in such a way that they have a a, a big advantage. Um, you're what I, I see that this is what I see happening. I see a lot of the team stuff starting to fade away and it becoming a lot of massive solo players. And then once you've done that, once that happens, your sense of community that you have with players who enjoy playing with each other, that's going to go away. And when that goes away, those players are going to drop your game and go play something else where they can actually do like real team play stuff. Well, and you're going to be left with a smaller subsection of your solo players who are still out there wanting to, wanting to do it that well, way. It's kind of interesting. So I saw, I saw something that I thought was, fairly fascinating um when the last couple of nights when i've been playing teams like full three-man mm-hmm. teams it hasn't been an issue it hasn't been an issue there's been mostly teams of three playing against teams of three but when i played duos with you we had more solo players in the queue than i think i'd ever seen before usually i'd see like three or four teams of two and then a couple of so like three solos and that would be it. That would be that would be a maps full, and that would be enough. I think that there was on two of the maps that you and I played when we were duoing. I think I saw two teams on each one of the maps, and then everybody else was a solo, which was very interesting because it yeah. does make it seem like there is a uh, an advantage to to being able to pick yourself up. Well, I mean, think about it. If I, because neither one of us had scanned. We, we had the, we had the, we had the tokens. We didn't scan, but I heard, as we were getting ready to leave, I heard another character walking on top of like the, the roof or the tinfoil roof or whatever. I am the son of probably your favorite streamer. Right here. He's right here. And he has a beard on his face. Yes, he does. Thank you very much, Colin. I appreciate it. I love you. Good night. So yeah, we kind of need to wrap this up, I suppose. But um, <laughs> the, that guy, like that one player, like that guy getting back up and us not being aware of it as we left. I mean, we we had done a body count. Yeah, we knew how many players were dead. We had a really really good feeling that hey, there's nobody else on the map left alive. It's just us. Yeah, that guy getting back up and shooting us in the back. And I mean, and, and here's the here's the thing that's annoying. We have no recourse on that. Like, if we both get killed, that's it. We lost everything. This guy has been killed. I mean, by the time he finally like got up and died, finally, he had been killed three times. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's just such a discrepancy, and I just, I just, it, it's, I don't think, I don't think that it's a good idea to let solo players have like, I don't want to say infinite reses, but I mean. It, it 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 can it can seem that way. Um, yeah, I don't know what the solve is for that. I really don't. Uh, I like. I don't think I want resing to go out of the game. Uh, if another player is doing it, 
Like if you've got a team of three and one of your teammates gets you up, I think that that's fair game. I think because that's such a difficult thing to do and there are ways of mitigating that, um, that don't interrupt gameplay flow. But the self-res stuff, that really does interrupt gameplay flow. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't know what the fix is for that. Uh, I would, I, for sure me, I would make it, I would make it like you, you get one rise. So do you think that that pushes us more towards raising the skill ceiling then and making it a less casual friendly experience? No, I think that it lowers the skill. Uh, I would say that it, I wouldn't say that it raises the skill ceiling. I don't well, think because if you die the one time, you don't have as many, as many shots in the game, right? Well, that's, if you're, that's if the you're thing, playing though, solo. So that, that's lowering the, it, it, or that's, it, it, that's raising the skill ceiling. It, that makes it, it harder. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to increase gameplay and gameplay ability for people who are, uh, want to, or are willing to play solo. What it's ultimately going to do though, in my opinion, is it's going to really strip down the community because you're going to, you're, you're basically going to make everybody a solo player instead of teams. You're like, like, why do we have like three play like teams of three anymore? There's going to come a point in time where there's no, there's just no point in having team play. So you think that the resurrection, the, the resurrection mechanic should be limited to teams in an effort to dissuade people from playing solo. Uh, so like if I get killed as a solo, right? Yeah. Um, it's, I'm going to get back up quicker than a guy who like if like if, if it's like you and me and you get killed and we both kill like this one solo guy i run over to res you that guy is going to get up in the same amount of time as it takes me to get you back up right and that solo player can then jump up and actually have like a lot of ability there are several abilities to give them given the opportunity to start firing start fighting immediately yeah and I think, like I said, I, I think that what it does is it just, it just, it just, it dissuades me from like playing team play. Like why, why do I, why would I play team play other than for the, the, the social aspects of it for the, for the actual gameplay and, and satisfaction of the gameplay. Mm -hmm. Solo play is so much better, so much better. I don't have to rely upon somebody else. I don't have to, it, it, it's, I can get myself back up quicker than somebody else would be able to res me anyway. Um, no, I, I just, I just don't think that it's, I, I don't, I don't see how it's going to be something that improves community style play. Okay. I okay. Think, so anything, you're going to take away from that. You kind of agree with huge then. Cause he'd like that to go away as well. I, I don't know that it needs to go away entirely. I think solo could actually, could actually have like a single res per map or per, per bounty hunt. Per playthrough. Yeah. I, that, that's fine. For solos, because it's because it sucks because sometimes something just goes terribly wrong and you die and it's really awful. Yeah. Um, and it's very very frustrating. Um, and make make the penalty for it like half your health or something like that. Um, yeah, I would I would I I think that that would be fair. Um, I think that that's a lot more fair than like I said I I start off with 150 hit points I get killed now I have 125 I yeah. get killed now I have 100 now I have 75 and I just keep on, you know. Michael Myring my way through the map, just basically like relentlessly coming after somebody and they just, they, you know, until they finally take the effort to spend like, you know, two or three minutes of their time to watch me burn. Mm -hmm. And that's that, that's all there is. It's just, gotcha. yeah. Okay. And that ruins the, I think that ruins pacing and a lot of other things at that point. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. Um, I don't know. It didn't, didn't quite answer the question that I that I posed, but it was an interesting kind of sub question to it. Uh, well, well mine, mine comes back to don't introduce an alpha class to your game. Sure, that's what it. That's that's the ultimate. Sure. That's the answer to it every time. Don't introduce. <clears throat> don't don't throw everything out of balance. Gotcha. I think that there's there's got to be a space for creating an enjoyable experience for the casual player, so that you can get those new players in, but also for those players that want an engaging end game that's at the higher levels of play for that particular game i think that there has to be some design that goes specifically into thinking for that i don't envy a game developer that's trying to balance these two things whatsoever as a filthy casual for most of the games that i play i never see the top you know 10 15 percent of a game's uh design 
and most people don't um hunt's a little bit different because it's a a uh basically it's kind of an open forum but there are some like if you're making a game with like you know a hundred different trophies and 60 percent of your player populace only clears 25 percent of those trophies then that's a lot of effort that you've put into creating this potential space for people to explore your world that might not be getting explored by the vast majority of players but for that small minority that really dedicate themselves to that game that upper echelon of gaming is so important to them uh and i think you'd be doing them a disservice and i think you'd be potentially robbing you know somebody that is a casual player that decides that they want to pursue that game at a higher skill level uh of that experience so uh, yeah i i don't i don't I, I don't envy any game designer uh that has to balance that kind of thing that that'd be rough that'd be rough yeah yeah well um that's all i got for tonight uh ticket do you have anything you'd like to bring up tonight no cool cool well then like every episode of the save versus poison podcast we like to shout out to the mutual support groups we hope you turn to in your time of need if you've been watching on youtube they've been up in the uh right hand corner of the screen this entire time but for those of you listening for the first time uh we do this at the end of every show there's alcoholics anonymous aa.org 212-870-3400 moderation management moderation.org 212-871-0974 secular aa that's www.aasecular.org or 323-693-1633, Smart Recovery, smartrecovery.org, 440-951-5357, Women for Sobriety, womenforsobriety.org, 215-536-8026, and for friends and family of addicts that need a little help in a group type environment, there's Al-Anon Family Groups at www.al-anon.alateen.org, or 1-888-425-2666. Don't forget to uh, come look at us on YouTube, Facebooks, Twitches, Twitters, all the places that uh, you love to look at, listen, or watch uh, for uh, for just, just the best kinds of content. From all of us here at the Save vs. Poison podcast, I'm Will. I'm Tiki. And we wish you warm, creamy regards. Good night, everybody. You've just listened to another episode of the Save vs. Poison podcast. If you liked what you heard, please follow us, like, and subscribe on Twitter at VS underscore save, on Facebook at the Save vs. Poison podcast, and streaming live on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash SVP podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>